Welcome to the Poetic Resurrection Podcast, where we explore perceptions. How self-reflecting questions can give you a better understanding of self. I'm your host, Sonia Iris Lozada. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Poetic Resurrection. Today, I am so honored to have Lynn Thompson, the current Los Angeles Poet Laureate. Welcome. How are you? I'm just fine. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this interview. I interviewed you after your first book. I have met you through Right Girl. Right. And you were so fabulous. It was a different way of doing it. I was actually interviewing people just to do a blog format. And since then, I've gotten this podcast and I said, I have to have you back. And then I find out you're the poet laureate. It's like, woohoo. <laughs> Thank you so much. You are going to read Invention. Correct. Proceed. Thank you. Invention. If he could have, he would have whispered my name like an old wish, would have admitted, I am your father. I am a rage of teeth. I am absent, but no marathon of deletions. I am your dancing foots. Why you want to make me blue? The heat from a hastiness of cooks. I am the distraction that is every father. Maybe one day I'll find him among a rascal of boys, neither a man nor a lad, but this day isn't that day. If he can, he should reach out to me, say my name like an old wish, admit he acted like a knot of toads, a shell of electrons, a breakdown in his woman's plans. He should say he can never tell me why or why not, just that he was never a hum of hymns, knows he was never relevant in any of my lunar years was a smokescreen and always a plague of questions. Beautiful. I have so many questions on this now. Thank you. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, look at my pad. It's got all notes all over it. Notes all over the place. And, you know, I, I knew that it was about being abandoned. Yes. Did you know your father? Did you ever meet I him? never, you know, I'm, I'm an adoptee and I never knew my birth father. I never met him. I have very minimal information about him. So this poem kind of comes from that place of wanting to know and not knowing. There's no history from other people that they can tell you anything about him? No, no. My birth mother is deceased now and she would have been the primary one with the information and she was very um, sparing with what she chose to tell me. So I really don't have very much to go on. Oh, a therapist that works with adoptees mm -hmm. and it's, it's a whole thing and she works with them and trying to get them through, you know, why was I abandoned? Right. All these issues. It's like, why didn't you want me? Right. And what I found with many people is that you were saved. Yeah. I really yeah. think that your birth parents were there for the reason to have you. Right. That you were made to have someone else care for you. I've really come to that conclusion in my life that, you know, if for, the, for people who believe in God, it's as though God said, oh, yeah, I actually want her over here. So 
yeah. let's, make that, let's just make that happen. So I think that's really true. And I have a very wonderful family that I love dearly. Yes, because it's like, oops, uh, she was oops. Over, here. <laughs> over here. Well, I'll tell you this little piece. So my, um, my name is Thompson, Lynn Thompson. My birth grandmother's maiden name was Thompson. So it was as though I was always going to be a Thompson in some way or other. I always found that interesting. Yeah. And there's that, that philosophy and reincarnation. Yeah. We pick our parents and we pick our name. Yes, exactly. Makes perfect sense. Yes. Okay. I had a question for you for a Calypso music, but then I found out this is your birth father, not your adopted father. So maybe one day I'll find him around the rascal of boys, neither a man nor a lad. Right. So what you know about what you, the little bit that you do know about him, was it that he didn't want to be a father or? What's not clear to me is if he even knew that my birth mother was pregnant. She told me he was married. Oh, Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not true. I don't know. But it's not clear to me that he even knew that he had this child. So it's, it's complicated in that way. So part of me feels like, why didn't you want me? But then the question occurred to me, did he ever really know? Yeah. So, and I don't know. Great for the writing. You can, so you can make up all sorts of things in the writing. Difficult as a, as a person trying to deal with those issues. So, yeah. so a lot of this is just not really knowing a lot of the real fundamental questions. Or their answers. And I could totally believe that my sister, my older sister had a child out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. And I was the one that spilled the beans to the guy. I said, you know, you have a kid. He's like, what? Yeah. I thought he knew. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so it's yeah. quite possible. Yeah. Yeah. I was only 10 years old at the time. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like. Good age for spilling the beans. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> one part that I would, that I had a question on. Admit he acted like a knot of toads, a shell of electrons. I don't know what a knot of toads is. <laughs> so it's funny how, how reading comes together with your writing. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a book that I love that I don't think I have at my fingertips right this minute. I think it's called An Exaltation of Larks. And what it does is it tells you Um, how you can refer to a group of feathers, cooks, all these different categories. And so apparently a group of toads is is known as a knot of toads. Ah. And a group of electrons. I'm not sure that that is true. I think I started making up things at some point, but the the marathon of deletions and the hastiness of cooks, that all came from this book. I got to get that book. (laughs) I was reading. I'll make sure that I get the title to you. I was reading that as I was working on this poem. So those things just kind of melded together. Yeah, I really like the poem. And by the way, your reading was beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. I want to know your journey now. Well, let me close off the poem. Okay. I love the line was never relevant in any form of my lunar years was a smokescreen and always a plague of questions. Yeah. To me, that's so profound as a, as being an, an adopted person. That's, 
there's always a plague of questions. So many, so many questions that, and if you're lucky, I'm luckier than many. I did meet my birth mother and my birth grandparents, her parents. So I, I was very lucky to be able to take that journey, mm -hmm. but there were still a lot of questions. There were things she wasn't forthcoming about, understandably. So there's always more and more. What about this? And did I have any siblings? And on my father's side and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. um, it just seemed that really summed up exactly how I was feeling. There's, there's all these questions. Yes, because it's like a, a micro thinking of what mankind does. We all think, where are we from? Exactly. How did we get here? Exactly. And then that's just like, you know, it's the same version of that, but a much personal and much deeper. Absolutely. I think you've hit it on the head. And a lot of my poetry is fundamentally asking that question. Where did we come from? How did we come to be in this place at this time? What yes. were the circumstances? So you, you've hit it on the head of what I was trying to capture. Oh, perfect. Yay. <laughs> now, I want to know your journey into being the LA Poet Laureate. I mean, what did it take? What did you have to do to get there? It's such an honor to be a Poet Laureate. It is a real honor, honor. And for a city the size of Los Angeles that has so many spectacular poets, um, it was a surprise and continues to be an honor. Um, the, the journey specifically about becoming the Poet Laureate is that the Department of Cultural Affairs in the city puts out an, a call or an invitation for people to submit their work. And I think you have to have some uh, letters of recommendation and so forth, and you submit those. Those, in this particular case, those were submitted in about or due in about March of 2020. Mm -hmm. with the idea that they were going to name a new poet laureate in April, which would be Poetry Month. Then this pesky little thing called a <laughs> pandemic came along. Yes. Blew everybody's plans for everything out of the water. So, you know, a bunch of us were saying, gee, I wonder if they're going to do it. Well, you know, maybe the mayor's busy with something else. What could that possibly be? And so I, at least, and I think others kind of forgot about it. And then I was notified, I can tell you exactly, it's almost a year to the date, on January 19th, because I remember it because, it, or the 20th, because is, what's the inauguration, either the 20th or the 21st? It was the night before the inauguration. <sighs> and I was on the phone and multitasking as so many of us do, looking at my cell phone and the message came across, congratulations, you're the poet laureate. So I'm talking to my friend and all she can hear me saying is, oh my God, oh my God. And she said, are you okay? Are you having a heart attack? Should I call the police? What's going on? <laughs> so I said to her, I said, okay, I got this email. I said, I am sure this is like the emails people get that say I'm lost in London and I've lost everything I own. Can you please oh, send yes. $10,000? I said, you know, they're going to say, you can be the poet laureate if, you, if you're willing to pay for it, you know? So I called the city the next day and sure enough, they said, yes, the mayor is appointing you. And that, that was how it came to be. That was the, the, the process is you apply. And at some point, never quite sure when uh -huh. you get contacted about it. So I, I was, I was stunned. 
Absolutely. Oh my God. I, it's like, wow. Every, as a poet, it's such recognition to, for your work. Cause you know, many of us, we just write, write, write. And exactly. we don't know. It really is important for us to hear from people what they think. Well, and the thing that I think is really makes me proud that I like to share, especially with young, young writers um, or writers at any stage of their career is it's, it's about the work. It's not always about the degrees or that sort of thing. I don't have an MFA. I don't have a degree in literature. I'm a lawyer by training, but I made a commitment to write the best poetry I was capable of. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I, I guess I was able to achieve that to some degree, although there's always lots of room for learning and improvement and that should go on no matter what you achieve. But I think it's important for people to know one, don't worry necessarily if you don't have the degrees, there are other ways to educate yourself. And two, that you can be more than one thing in your life. Mm -hmm. I remember telling my mom who's now, now, uh, deceased, but telling her, I, I said, you know, I think I'm going to stop practicing law so I can really pursue this, this dream I have of being a poet or writing poetry. Mm -hmm. And her reaction was, oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, my God. What is wrong with you? <laughs> because in her mind, that was a very impractical pursuit. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. There's no money in it. One of my brothers said, don't you have a novel in you? I mean, who reads, <laughs> at least <laughs> you know, who reads poetry, you know? And I said, no, I just kind of feel like this is the path for me. And so I think a lot of people worry that, well, I'm, I'm an X, so I can't be a Y. And I, I don't think it was ever true. And I think it's even less true these days. You can be four or five things, if you've got the capacity for it, you, you shouldn't feel pigeonholed. I'm, I'm a teacher or I'm a parent or I'm a truck driver. So I can't be a poet. You absolutely can be a poet. If that's, yeah. if that's something you're committed to and you're serious about. So I like having the opportunity when I'm called upon, especially to address students to say, listen, it may not be easy. It may be a hard road, but if you're committed to it and you want it, you can make it happen. Not necessarily being the poet laureate. I did not start out saying, well, my goal is to write poems and to be the poet laureate because it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. That just was something very happy, a happy event for me, but I would discourage people from saying, you know, set that as the goal because it's a crapshoot. It really is. I find that if you set a goal that's exterior to your soul and what you want to write about, it's not going to be accomplished. Yeah. You just have to be, I think, authentic in your yeah. writing. And that's basically it. You know, like my poetry is more like self-help poetry. It's all about acceptance. Right. I do well as a meditation teacher. Right. Right. So it's just what, wherever it goes, it's, it's your passion. You're going to do it regardless. Right. And you know, if no one, if someone said, well, Lynn, we don't want you to be the poet laureate anymore. That doesn't mean I wouldn't sit down. I would write a poem about that. Yes. You know, there's always, I'm always anxious to tell students and, and people who participate in workshops that I have. Don't people think, Oh, I, I don't have anything to say about religion or parenthood or the big subjects. 
I said, write about the little subjects. Those are as important and usually feed into the big subjects, right? Exactly. So, so there's always something around you that you can write about. Right. I, I, firmly, I firmly believe that. If you could see how things affect you, yes. it might be hard to write about because you're being very vulnerable. Right. But it's amazing how many people come back and say, wow, right. I felt the same thing. Thank exactly. you for writing that. Absolutely. It's like you gave them a voice Absolutely. that they didn't have. You can't write poetry for, I mean, you could say, oh, I'm writing poetry because I want to do a book. Okay, fine. That's doable. Right, right. That depends on you. But to get accolades and titles and all of that, that's not guaranteed. Yeah. If you set out with that for your goal, you're more likely to be disappointed than not. It's the same way as, uh, submitting your work for publication. You're going to submit a lot more that doesn't get accepted than that does. That's just the, the nature of the beast. And you have yeah. to have to re resolve yourself to that. Even if you think you've written the best poem ever. Yes. Why didn't they want it? Well, there's a thousand reasons. Perhaps they didn't publish it. It was too long. It was too short. It wasn't the subject they were interested in. They like something else better. You can't beat yourself up about that. You just have to keep going. Have to. Yes. Now, when you submit a poem, just because I think the listeners would like to know this that are also poets. When you submit a poem, most of them say we're not going to get back to you for three to six months and it cannot be pre-published. Right. One of the things I thought of doing was just writing one poem specifically for that, right. that I'm not going to miss. That's not going to go in a book. Right. Is that what you do or how do you approach that subject? Well, I, I do a, a combination of things. I used to have a more elaborate system than I have now, but I have what I call my A-list of magazines. And I will say, well, maybe I won't say on the air because somebody's feelings will be hurt, but I have an A-list of, of journals that I would love to be published in. I've been mm -hmm. lucky to have been published in some of them, but there's still some left that I'm, I'm working on. And I look through, some do say they don't take simultaneous submissions. Others say they will. I try not to do that just so I don't make myself crazy. What did I send? Where? Whatever. But occasionally I'll do that. To be honest, the ones that say they're going to take a year to get back to me, I tend to avoid. Mm -hmm. um, that is a long time to wait to hear. And even if it's a rejection, that's fine. But why do I have to wait a year to hear it. So exactly. I, I think everybody has to make that determination for themselves. So if you want to, I'll just pick a journal. If you want to be in the Paris review, and I, I don't remember off the top of my head what their, what their time is, but let's say that it's, it's six months. It may be worth it because you think this is a poem they're going to love. I think it's going to fit in there and I'm willing to wait for six months and that's fine. You just have to know okay, if they don't take a simultaneous submission and, and their waiting time is a long time, I have to commit myself to that and be ready to do that. So I think it varies with the poems you select. There's a lot that you need to think about. Why am I sending this poem to this place? Oh. But I, one of the things I do try to do that I learned early on is because it could be anywhere. Sometimes you hear, I, there was a journal that I heard from overnight rejecting me 
And I thought, <laughs> do these people sleep? I mean, did they just smell the paper and say, no, I don't like it? I mean, how is this possible? So it could be from overnight to six, seven, eight months. I try to always have several things in the pipeline because I know that it's going to take a while. I used to be very strict and say within 24 hours of a rejection, you should send those poems out again. I'm not as strict about that, but within a week of a rejection, I like to try to send it out again, only because it gives me time not to boo-hoo and, oh, they didn't take me and why not? And just move (laughs) on, move on, go on to the next one. So Yeah, because it says you could do simultaneously, but if you get uh, printed in one of the other ones, then you need to let them know, which is cool. I'm not on Right. Which is, yes. And it's important to let them know that, okay, thank you, but I've been accepted elsewhere. Yeah. So because three to six months is a long time to wait. I know a poet that submitted his poem and it said three to six months. He got a call within two days. Yeah. Sometimes when they really like it, they'll, they'll take it immediately. You just, there's, a million examples. My favorite rejection. <laughs> you have a favorite was, rejection? <laughs> I have a favorite rejection. A friend of mine and I are thinking about doing a book of rejections. Oh, that would be funny. And <laughs> oh my God, they, they can be really funny, although I'm sure the journals don't mean for them to be funny. But this one was, and I can't honestly remember what journal it was. I don't know. Eight months had passed. So I, I write nice letter um, haven't heard from you, just wondering, are you still considering it or whatever? And their response was, this is pretty close to exact. We thought we rejected you last November, but if we didn't, we're rejecting you now. <laughs> I thought, well, that's rude. <laughs> I thought, well, okay, I guess they really don't like that poem. So yeah, it's, you just kind of have to laugh and, and go on to the next one. It's the nature of the beast. Yeah, I uh, once submitted myself to a podcast because I do pretty well in interviews. I contacted them, you know, you give your whole guest thing and everything. The right. person didn't even say, thank you for submitting or anything like that. Cause that you should do that, you know? At least acknowledge it, exactly. Right, and I do review people. They go, you're not right for our podcast. It's like, Thanks anyway. I'm like, wow. I go, yeah. they need to know how to uh, talk to people with exactly. exactly. <laughs> you know, because um, in anything, rejection is hard enough. Hear, hearing right. no is hard enough. Exactly. You sh- I, I believe in kindness. And, you, and you need to be kind. You're going to be in that position one day. So you should think, what would you want someone to say to you? Um, and it doesn't take much to say, oh, I'm so sorry. It's not a match for where we are right now, mm-hmm. but thank you so much for sending it in. Okay, fine. I get it. No problem. But to just kind of brush it off like it's no big deal, that's bad form in my opinion. Yeah. And I've, I've been on many uh, podcasts also because we do, you know, you interchange podcasts and right. Wonderful people. It's it's a wonderful thing. You meet great people. Absolutely. And I was so happy when I met you at Right Girl. It was a lot of fun. In fact, I'm going back there next weekend for another workshop. So that'll yes, be fun. yes, I got the email about it. So I'm like, oh, what timing? Yes, perfect timing. Absolutely. It's really perfect timing. So would you like to discuss your new release? My latest book? 
Yes. Yes, I have it right here. I keep it at my fingertips at all times. It's called Fretwork. It came out in 2019. This gorgeous cover that you see is by the artist yes. Allison Saar, who was so sweet to let me use it. And they really did a good job of wrapping it around the cover. I hope you can see that pretty well. Yes. And it is a book about both my adopted family and my birth family, because I wanted to weave those sides of myself together in one place as opposed to, okay, this set of poems is over here. This set of poems is over here. I wanted them to be woven together. So that's the, the main impetus of this book. And the speaker is developing her own personality and place in the world as she goes through what this history is in her fam families. It has a beautiful cover. And for the audience, I will put a picture and a link to the book on the note. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much. So before we close this podcast, is there anything that you would like to address with the audience? I guess I would say this is January 13th, 2022. We are entering what seems an interminable period of a pandemic that is becoming endemic. In other words, this is our world. This yeah. is what we're going to have to live with. This is our new normal. And it has been increasingly difficult, I think, across the planet for us to remain hopeful. I think there's a feeling of discouragement. Yeah. For me personally, literature is the answer because when I immerse myself in the stories or even in nonfiction lives of other people, I develop a greater sense of empathy and a greater appreciation for what I do have as opposed to what I've lost. We've mm -hmm. lost family members as a, as a planet. We, we see the planet burning up on one end, hurricanes on the other end. It's, it's a feeling of a lot of weight. But I guess I would say to your listeners, find that thing that brings you joy and just immerse yourself in that. If it's music, if it's dance, if it's literature, if it's your family, whatever it is, planting a garden, whatever it is, it's more important than ever, I think, to find that sweet spot of joy, that thing that when you do it or you see it or you hear it just makes you smile despite everything. Hold on to that because this is a time when that is more important, I think, than just about anything else. I'm so glad I'm a writer because when I'm sitting down to write, everything else melts away. Yeah. All the, whether it's accolades or not accolades, none of that matters because I am writing each word and that's a joy for me. And yeah. I, would, I would just encourage your listeners to find a similar joy for themselves. That is very true. Thank you so much. And how can our audience reach you? I do have a website. I was finally prodded. Someone said, if you're the poet laureate for crying out loud, you have to have a website. <laughs> I said, all right, I'll, I'll step into the 21st century. So uh, I can be found at www.lynnthompson, all one word, Lynn spelled with an E, dot U-S. www.lynnthompson.us. Okay. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a delight. Yes. Thank you. Honored to have you on here and you have a blessed day. And you do the same and to your audience.
Thank you for listening to the Poetic Resurrection Podcast, available on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, and many other podcast platforms. Please visit us and subscribe to our newsletter at PoeticResurrection.com for the latest information and updates.